Do you think you could ever delete it? Yeah, for sure. Really? I think I think when I do delete it, it'll be because I book something big and you'll y'all will be like, oh, that. OK, she's gone. Sure. Sure. I don't. I like I don't know why Chris Evans is still on there. Like you have millions of dollars or Tom Holland. I'm like, you well, because they think like, oh, if I want to endorse a, a questionable political candidate really fast, <laughs> I can do it like that. It, it only it only causes harm at that level. You're I agree. You're not gaining anything when you have when you're in multiple Marvel movies and you're making multi millions of dollars. You don't gain anything anymore from being on Twitter specifically. Sure, like Bette Midler. We're, yeah. we're going to record whenever you want. Yeah, you guys are good. Good, we're recording. Okay. Uh, Bette Midler, she steps in it all the time. Have you ever yeah. seen hers? Yeah, I've seen oh a couple of gosh, them. Oh my gosh, Bette, someone take. Um, yeah. Welcome. Thank you. To the downside, everybody. Very excited. Uh, uh, to, to have you here. Uh, uh, my name is Jamarco. I'm here in LA. I'm at Melrose Podcasts. It's a new studio. The walls are made of liquid death, sparkling water. They don't sponsor us though, so don't drink them yet. <laughs> if they start sponsoring us, I will endorse them, but I do enjoy them. And uh, I'm here with my guest who, who came in last second. Wow. Uh, uh, Danny Fernandez. That was your thank second you for being choice, here. but thank you. You, you were my, I never thought you'd be attainable. Wow. Out of, out of my league. True. Yeah. You do have to contact my manager to access me. So I, I wrote you directly. I shouldn't say that because then everyone's going to write you being like, please. No, my do. DMs are closed. So they absolutely can. Oh, good, good. You and I follow each other. That's why you. Jay have... Jordan uh, Jay. recommended you right away. I said, Jay, I yeah. need I need someone good. Yeah. And Jay, how do you know Jay? You know, from Twitter, from comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, when all those celebrities did that Imagine video. Yes. Like, remember the, the start oh, I, of the pandemic? I, I made a, a parody myself. I remember it fondly. Jay and I had one about thirst traps. Uh, mm. And so where we were, like, talking very seriously about, uh, it was a PSA for thirst traps. Good. Like, me and him go to battle. Ooh. See who can put out as many thirst traps. I didn't see that one. I'll have to find it. Um, well, I'm very happy to have you. And I did more research. I mean, more because okay. I, 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 I want to talk. We'll get to it. I want to complain <laughs> about my shit first. I had I had a fucking uh, uh, it was I was in Arkansas for a headlining okay. uh, couple days. Have you ever been to Arkansas? Um, no, but I grew up in Texas, and there's definitely Arkansasian places in Texas mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So the vibe, certain yes. areas that you drive through are very yes. So many signs just said guns. Yeah, and there was no store attached. <laughs> no, like it's on sale. Like it was like it was the national motto and it was the, it was the state motto of Arkansas. And like the, 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 the state bird was a dead quail. It was just like is, I, I everything. So the, the uh, owner of the venue picked me up and he goes, I got uh, good news and bad news. What do you want first? And I'm like, oh, man, I wish there was just neutral news. Right. And I go I go bad news. Of course. What do you pick when people say that? Uh, I would just say good news only. Like, I should have said that, and maybe the bad would have got away. <laughs> That's so good vibes only. Like, do I have to hear the bad news? But he said, bad news, show tonight's canceled. What the heck? Exactly. And in my head, I said, there's no good news. No. Unless it's a private jet back to New York City right, right now. And it was good news uh, was I'm still getting, still getting paid. paid. Of course. And I was like, I was like, bro. Yeah. That's not. I'm not in stand-up for the money. Yeah, that's just okay news. That's not good. I wouldn't even classify. Sometimes people approach, I think that's what you're saying about art, where they'll, 
to them, it's like, oh, this is your job. Don't you want time off and getting paid for time off? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, I I only would travel to Arkansas to tell jokes for a room of people. Yeah. But I guess what happened is Walmart was having their Walmart, uh, their founder was born there or whatever. And Walmart was having me like Sam, whatever his name is. Yes. Okay. I went to the Walmart Museum where they just it was like propaganda for Sam. Like Whoa. it was just about what an amazing guy Sam was. They never talk about all the mom and pop shops that are closed. Yeah. And I guess they were having their shareholders weekend. And uh, the night that got canceled, Christina Aguilera was performing for free oh, no. for anyone who wanted to go. And so I guess Did that the shareholders. Yeah. But like, I think anyone could go or everyone there is a shareholder. Wow. The face I'm making knowing that I would also sell out too. So I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, for Walmart, they've done some shady stuff to employers unless you want to pay me a couple million. And then I am also they have <laughs> the money. And someone recognized me at a coffee shop from Instagram. And I said, oh, I have a show. And they said, in oh, Arkansas? in Arkansas, because but they were visiting from New York okay. in the Walmart shareholder thing. Whoa. And this is how I know he's getting paid a lot, because he said, oh, I can't make it to the show. And then he just Venmoed me twenty five dollars. If you're Venmoing just some just person you for, follow on Instagram, yeah. that's you got money. Yeah. You just made that in the minute we were talking. Wow. So anyways, my Venmo is Danny. <laughs> <laughs> It works. My mind's in my bio. Once in a while, I'll get a little something, something. Yeah, I should do mine. I'm just weird, but I I should. Yeah. So the the only upside is the the owner took me. He had his own plane, and he flew me as the pilot to a baseball game in Oklahoma. Whoa. Now, I hate baseball so much that if he had just flown me right back, that would have been fine. Yeah, like, you could have flown home. But I was very scared. Like, the moment he told me he had the plane, I was like, oh, I know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go through all my anxiety. Yeah, for sure. I Googled how did Kobe <sighs> no. die? Uh, how yeah. did that happen? Yeah. How did Aaliyah die? Right, right, did right. you know this about Aaliyah? You, well, you knew about Aaliyah dying in the plane crash. Yeah. Did you know that she died? Didn't want to get onto the plane. Oh, I think I did know that, yeah. Went to her limo, and one of her people uh, roofied her, essentially, <gasps> and brought her onto the plane unconscious because she didn't know want to get on. Part. She didn't think it was safe. Yeah. I know John Madden, like, wouldn't ride a airplane. Did you know that? No. Oh, my God. Really? All of their football games, he traveled by bus. All of them. All of them. Can you imagine? My dad is scared of flying. But but I I mean you're, you're how many games how many games are in a season? It's, and you feel you, like you're shit. going you're going yeah. like to Florida you're going to like or you know that's crazy. And I have back and forth. I was scared, I was scared. But then the plane ride back, I fell asleep. That's how that's how quickly I mm-hmm. recalibrated. But my dad is scared of flying, and it's it's he used to fly. I don't know if it was nine eleven. I don't know if he just like didn't do it for a while and it got in his head about it. But he hasn't flown in. 22 years Whoa. and uh is that that train life because i wish i was on that some trains look nice i love i will always take a train i really haven't taken a lot of trains there's not a lot for to. for our purposes i yeah. mean they always talk about a super train system is it is it is it china does china have a great train system there's somewhere in Asia that has an amazing train system, and it's like that would be the dream. Those like beds, you like, and it's like a little hotel in there. I have always I said need to be doing it. No one seems to agree with me. For planes, horizontal. Get rid of these chairs. Yeah. I want to lie down. I'll lie down the whole flight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit 
it hurts my back. You barely go back. Everyone horizontal, stacked up, bunk bed style. Wow. Okay, I what don't do you know think? about that. Now tell me but why I no. did. Okay, but I did. I wanted. I wanted <laughs> to say. I wanted to correct you. I did lie down my whole flight to Greece. So you're first class. Yeah, I was first class. That was the only way I was gonna do it. Well, Danny, I was not the always gonna swim to first class. It was the only way. I don't always fly first, but I was like, I am not sitting up straight for eleven hours. Are you kidding me? You paid for it or a gig? It was a gig or you? Paid I paid for it, for it with a gig money. I guess I was in a writer's money. room since September, and I was like, hell yeah, if I'm gonna go what to Greece. What did that Greece. flight cost? I don't know. I. You know what's so crazy? I used a travel agent. Really? Can you believe that they still exist? No. One of my girlfriends is friends with a travel agent. And so I, I used a travel agent and she actually like shouted her out. She booked like all my hotels. She booked my flights and everything. Mm. And they get paid on commission. I think people think that they like you have to pay them. Sure. But they get money from all the places they book you. So I didn't have to do anything. And you had to lie down. And I got to lie down. Full horizontal. Honestly, there w- I'm not even kidding you. On our flight back from Greece, I had a meltdown thinking that they put me in the wrong seat. Like, I was like, I cannot. Because I also ha- I have, like, health issues and stuff. And I was like, I can't. I, get- I have a lot of inflammation. I have uh, Lyme disease and also uh, Hashimoto's. And so, like, literally, I'm like. What's I- Hashimoto's? Hashimoto's is a, a thyroid disorder. Okay. I was going to say, it's not just a thyroid disorder. It's an autoimmune disorder where your antibodies attack your thyroid. I see. And so I do a lot for it behind the scenes to yeah, like yeah, take yeah. care of it. Because it affects, like, it'll make your hair fall out. It affects your heart rate. This is all to say, I was having a meltdown because I was, like, checking my seat. And I was like, this ha- I have to be able to, I cannot sit up straight for, like, it's four hours. We had a four-hour connecting flight and then 11-hour flight. So it was just. Sure. We, I, 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 it was, we were 24 hours in the airport. I haven't done 11 in a long, I think I did Israel. I went to Cape Town and I went to Israel, but someone gave me a Xanax. The only time I've ever taken Xanax and it knocked me the fuck out. So I, I just have to get into, I used to be very scared about Ambien. I started taking Ambien now and then. Mm -hmm. And then like, I was, I always get very, if I had a glass of wine three days before I stress. Oh, okay. And now I feel myself as I get older going, fuck it. I'm going, oh, <laughs> You're rolling the dice. I'm, I'm washing it down with wine. <laughs> I can feel and I'm like, oh, this is how it happens. Because I call my mom all the time because she's she's a, a sleep medication. She's like, yeah. you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You want to know how type A I am? 100% called poison control. When what I, did you take? Yeah, I took Xanax, which was prescribed to me. So uh-huh. I was taking Xanax, which I, I don't take anymore because I didn't want to have to live through this. Took Xanax and then, uh, oh no, I had been out drinking. I'd been out drinking and I got home and I was like, oh, I got to take my Xanax so I can fall asleep. Took it and I was like, oh no. Yes. I was like, yes. what if I don't wake up? Oh my God. Oh my God. And I remember uh, I, was da- <laughs> I was dating a comic at, a, at the time. We're, we're still best friends. But I remember he was like, you're going to be fine. I'm like, please check on my breathing. You have to check on my breathing. I was like so adamant that he like put his finger and like can tell that I'm breathing through my nose like in the middle of the night called poison control they basically said the exact same thing you said they were like you're gonna you're fine really I think what's so what if I'm not well the doctors I I the doctors always talk in this code that I think is so they never get sued a hundred percent I'll be like I'll be like hey so if I take an Ambien and I like had two beers that night is that fine and they're like most likely, ba ba ba, and and I'm like, can you just say yes? And they're like, the only reason they can is because one yeah. person once died yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, so Xanax, you have prescribed that. I should get that. I don't take that anymore. So no, I can't. Mm. I can't speak for it. Are you? Are you? you get, I've, I'm trying to think if I've ever called poison control. I, I called them again too. I, I, they, they know me. <laughs> I called them Daddy, because. Hello. Okay, listen. I know. I called them multiple times. I'm like thinking all the times. Okay, so another time I called them. I think I had mixed alcohol, maybe a Xanax, and an edible, and I had taken too much of an edible. Wait, how did I taken this one happen? Many... The first story made sense. I don't know. This Who one cares? <laughs> maybe it wasn't a Xanax. Maybe it was. I just remember I was freaking out. I called them and he was like, the guy you could tell, he was so frustrated. He he also sounded like maybe he had just gotten out of school. He sounded young, and um, he was like, you've really put me in a bad position. <laughs> That's what he told me. What did he mean that he just because, didn't know how to advise you? No, because he couldn't really advise me. Because I took something when you, when you alcohol is different and um, and Xanax is different edibles which are not regulated the same way alcohol is regulated to some extent yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know it tells you oh, edibles just aren't you yeah. know oh maybe i'd take an edible shrooms i don't know it was oh, a weird combo edible shrooms i think i i do take i do microdose shrooms i want to say my girlfriend really wants me to do shrooms i've never done them very scared i would have brought you some if i had known that's very kind if you're if you're ever on my side of town i'll give you some but um but yeah, so I microdosed shrooms, and I think that was it. Maybe I maybe I took an e a pot edible shrooms and something else, and I called him because I was having difficulty breathing, which uh -huh. was probably just me freaking out. Sure. Uh, and I think my allergies were bad, so I was already like, well, I only got one nostril. What if I <laughs> what if I die? I was freaking out, and he was like, you put me in a real bad position, because like if I did, if something happened to me, like. That's basically what he was saying is like, I can't help you. You took something that's illicit, uh huh, uh, which Xanax is not, but you took something that's illicit. How am I supposed to help you? You know, did he say anything or did he just go? I'm, I got to go. <laughs> basically, I basically. feel like all their calls yeah. are this. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone's like, I just swallowed rat poison. And they go, guys, come here. Yeah. We got a real one. Yeah. We need to call. Oh. I, I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. You see, it sounds like, is that called, would that be considered hypochondria if you're scared you're always poisoning yourself? Maybe, yeah, probably. Paranoia. I feel like the normal person doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My girlfriend. I remember when she took uh, Clonopin after drinking, and mm -hmm. I was I was freaking out for her, and she was like, I'm fine. I yeah. need to just go to sleep. And I was like, baby, that's death coming for you. <laughs> that comforting feeling, that's death wrapping its dark mm -hmm. caress around you. Um. Well, I uh, uh, well, good. We, we we talked briefly before. You're you're a positive person, and I've had positive people before. Okay. And by the end, Whoa. oh my god, you're they've broken to... the table. They've cursed out their parents. They've broken up with their spouse. Wow. So we'll see if we get there. I what I was so excited was, I was a Dragon Ball Z person. Hell yeah! And you see my tattoos. I was gonna ask. I didn't know that's where they were. That's wonderful. Did you get both at the same time? Yes. Now, I, I fear going too deep in Dragon Ball Z because I just, I feel, this is part of my problem where okay. I'm like, I have always had like eclectic interest and in a way where I don't know maybe 10 people who listen to this podcast like Dragon Ball Z because that's never been my, yeah. I almost want my, I have a Goku shirt that I brought on this trip with wow. me. I have two. Wow. So I, my experience with Dragon Ball, I was the only kid. It always sounds like Same. every every yeah. kid, you wonder how are they all, there's so many of us, but there's just one in each school. Yeah. Somehow they separated us, so there's only one loser <laughs> in each middle school. No one liked Dragon Ball. No. I, Where did you grow up? 
uh, Potomac, Maryland, near okay. Bethesda. Uh, they weren't even comic book kids. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I got into a tsunami. Yeah. But I went and uh, this was Dragon Ball Z for people listening. Let me just try. This is an anime from Japan. Started as a manga, which is Japanese comic book. And uh, Dragon Ball Z was was booming. It exploded because of Toonami on Cartoon Network. I went on eBay. My dad was cool about this kind of stuff where we got uh, bootlegs of all the Dragon Ball episodes and all the Dragon Ball GT episodes and all the Dragon Ball Z episodes Mm -hmm. not released Mm -hmm. uh, in Japanese with subtitles. Uncensored, which at the time was like was a big deal. Yeah. And I would watch the old Dragon Ball episodes and I had a list. I mean, I must have been in fifth grade, fourth grade. And the list was said like, fuck, shit, bitch. And I would uh, count because I just was so fascinated by it. How many times Goku or Vegeta would go, fuck, and I had like a list. Or how many times you saw Bulma's titties. Right. And there was a couple times, more in Dragon Ball. Yeah. And uh, it was a magical thing that I wish I had a friend to share it with. Yeah. I had my, my brothers were into it, so that's who I watched it with. Older it was or younger? Very, I had an older brother and a younger brother, uh-huh. but it was very weird to like it. When I was in middle school, I was actually, this is before I moved to Texas, I was in Orange County. Orange County. And so kids were watching Laguna Hills. That's what people what were. What is that? Or The Hills. The or Hills. Whatever. Is that but like who, OC? But it was before that. What was the one before that? Before Laguna, is Laguna was, Hills like the OC, like that yeah. type of thing? No, but it was like the reality show that came before oh, real The world. Hills. No, no, no. It came before. I can't even remember. Now I'm like blanking. Um, I did do shrooms earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Did you like do I, today? Mi- I, I microdose. Yeah, I microdose regularly. How many, how many milligrams? I don't know. I have to look at it. But um, I don't know why I'm blanking. But anyways, people were watching that. People watching that, and then uh, Jersey Shore and stuff. And so nobody was watching. It was very weird to watch Dragon Ball Z. You were a weirdo if you yeah. liked it. Um, and then it's so funny because it's mainstream now and everyone makes fun of it in like the anime community or, sure. or they're just like, oh, wow, you like that? Wow. Mainstream. Wow. And I'm always like, well, Akira Toriyama, who created it, influenced a lot of the niche anime that's out there right now. Yes. I also think I've not gotten into I visited the new Dragon Ball, the super. OK. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the moment I saw Frieza as like kind of the good guy, I said, no, that's like. <laughs> For me, that's like historical fiction where Hitler teams up with it. Like, wow. it's like he's a bad guy. He's still bad. He's bad, and I don't. It feels like a betrayal. It's one of these things. I'm just like, you know what? I'm fine with this segment of my childhood. I'm going to start like critiquing it as an adult or not mm. enjoying it as an adult, and it will ruin my old. Yeah. Do you still like the new well, Dragon I, Ball I do, episode? Yeah, 100%. I do have to say that Goku canonically has a history of making all of his enemies his friends. That's just his character. So Vegeta many was... be friends. How many people did Frieza kill? Genocide. How many people has Vegeta killed? That's his best. One of his best. I mean, I guess people would say Krillin is his best friend, but Krillin, you moved down. The blue the hair, pole. the red hair. I can't. You, you um, got to give me more than the hair color changing at this point. You might get that. There's a new movie coming out. You might get that. I liked. I like Super Saiyan Four in GT. Oh, I thought so it was great. a cool design. They're hot, hot pants. Yeah, it's a really. I'm a hair. I'm a hairy mm-hmm. Jewish man, and I like, there's hair. something about like th- they become more like. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it apes or monkeys? Yeah, they're apes. Or, they're apes. Mm-hmm. Half ape. Well, now that we've lost the whole podcast <laughs> listenership, Dragon Ball GT, Super Saiyan Four. But were you, were you a, a loser? Yeah, for sure. I was bullied heavily 
Now, how how would they bully you? Um, I mean, they, we're getting into some dark shit, I guess, if we're going to complain. Um, sure. I had someone in my PE class convince the whole class to call me Shrek. That As is As a young brutal. middle school girl that had, like, thick thighs, they would call me Thunder Thighs. Thunder Thighs? Was a negative there, back was then. A, was a name that someone called someone in my middle school. I remember that. Yeah, thunder now thighs. everyone wants thick thighs. And Where did it come from? Why thunder? Because they because they clapped together. Yes, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I've never thought so of it I that played way. soccer. I was thicker, and I got called like chubby. Um, yeah, for liking Dragon Ball Z, it was weird. I had like a, a I still remember his name, which I guess I shouldn't say, because uh, p- people will probably dox him. But in Orange County, I had a kid in my middle school who was the classic bully like like I mean like a classic school like a uh, movie villain where I would have my little Dragon Ball Z cards in like a card protector I don't know if you collected the cards I didn't they... I was a Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon okay guy, yeah I had those yeah. too but like th- sometimes they would have foil ones so I had these little card protectors and I had them at school and I thought it was so cool and he would go and he would slap them out of my hand and I, who just was like, you know, you watch some of the movies and you're like, is anyone actually like that? And he definitely was. Uh, but he like lives with his parents now. So I feel uh, and I'm a successful uh, person in Hollywood. If you ever apologized, would there be any room in your heart for like, oh, you were a child or do you go? That's an evil person. He just seems I don't know. I also date, well, dealt with a lot of racism. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe I should be open to it. I had, it sounds like you had it worse than me, but I do remember playing soccer, shirts versus skins, and a guy coming up to me. He was part of the Marriott family. And he came up to me and he, <laughs> I, I can name that. I've never I, heard that. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah, Marriott, I'm a Bonvoy member, so if you want to give me a free <laughs> free room for this one, I'd appreciate it. And he went up to me, and he went up, and I was shirtless, and I, I was kind of heavier chested, and he went, booby, 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 and like hit it like a, like Rocky. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that hurt, but but not Shrek. Shrek. Yeah, That's there was a brutal. guy in my class that I had a crush on, and that hurt extra bad. I had a lot of I had a lot of stuff go down in middle school. Middle school was horrible in Orange County. So was it public or private? Public. Public. And did any did you try to get did any teachers say anything? Did your parents try to do anything? Were you just I'm gonna do this on my own? There was a point in time where I was crying so much, my mom thought I was pregnant. Oh so, my god! In middle school. Mm-hmm. Because wow. in Orange County. I mean, people were messing around. Plus, like, we all looked like we were older, for sure. Girls were dressing like they were, like, 16, 17. It's probably how people look at people now at 16, 17. Or, like, they look like they're, you know, 21 or whatever. Like, we were we were definitely, like I said, we were watching the hills. <laughs> it's wild. I just, I, because I, I went to a private middle school, and I could just tell later in life, oh, people had wildly different uh, experiences with yeah. sexuality because I remember seventh grade there was a rumor that one of the girls uh, at a different high school the alt boys high school had touched her boob and I remember it was the scandal of the century and I remember we were kind of friends but I remember being like What's, are you okay is everything alright like that's how Yeah. and then I met other people and they were like oh we were doing anal yeah, in yeah. fucking other <laughs> anal Jesus Christ! That definitely was a thing that went around in my high school. But yeah, when I was in Texas, it was a little different. It was definitely not. Although you watch like I don't know Varsity Blues, and yeah, people are people are doing it. So, so. were you? So you were crying. Your your mom's like, yeah, she your, your legitimately asked if I was pregnant because I was crying so much. 
Yeah. And and did was it leaving? When did you go to Texas? What grade were you? I was like 12 or 13. Um, and it was a great, it, for me, it was a great experience because we ended up going to, uh, I went to Frisco High School. It was the only high school at the time that I was there, but then my grade actually split up and it was two high schools. And now there's like nine high schools, but my brother played varsity football. He was the captain. So I was like, oh, sure. I got to be like popular by association. I went from being called Shrek to like people, I would have random football players like, hey, Danny, like, hi, Danny, like coming up to me because they all knew my brother. So uh, I got to go to prom my sophomore year. It's like someone uh, asked you. Yeah, someone asked me. A senior asked me. So I felt like, oh, I'm kind of popular here, being from California. Uh, and then Texas kind of just became my home. I actually had, even before that, I had, uh, my dad has a ton of family in San Antonio. Uh, my cousins grew up in, in Dallas. My cousins went to UT. I went to UT. My brother went to UT. So, like, my family was from Texas. It was just, yeah. like, a certain period I also was in California so so leaving that school in OC was just amazing yeah yeah I would be a different person if I had stayed there I'm worried that I would have been like a cunt or something <laughs> I would have been a horrible person sure. I was around horrible people did you do you have any friends back from that era or did you leave them all behind pretty much left them all behind but one girlfriend who she has a bunch of kids uh, so we took very different routes but um I was in Ralph Breaks the Internet. I was in the Wreck-It Ralph sequel, mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, it's me, Danny Fernandez. They, like, animated me, and she wrote me. I would not talked to her in, like, a decade from my middle school because she saw it with her kids. So I really? had one person from my middle school write me. That's very cute. It's kind of insane. She has, like, six kids. <sighs> She's a I, Mormon. I have had – oh, sure. I've had a couple old middle school people come to comedy shows. Sometimes it's, it's you don't know what to talk about. It's been so long. Yeah. So you're like, hey, we knew each other. Mm -hmm. I know what you look like at 12. Okay, good to see you. Right. Oh, you're not going to buy merch? Okay, then we're done. <laughs> we're done here, buddy. I will have people from my high school be like, hey, I'm in Orange County like for a couple days. And I'm like, great. It's wild. It's I, I've had. Like, that's not where I live. <laughs> There's this group of, of from my high school that like comes to my comedy shows when I'm in DC where I went to school, and it's I'm just I'm just like we never were friends really, and I'm I'm glad they come. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see people later. Yeah. But uh, part of you is just like you never liked me when I was, I'm that same kid. Yeah. That you never invited to the party. So okay, so you you moved to Texas. Yeah. Things were going better. Mm -hmm. You went to UT. My sister went to UT. Love it. Did you like UT? I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. You're, I wish I had partied more. I feel that same way too, mm -hmm. but I don't think I'm a partier. I'm not, but I- You did do shrooms before you came here. That, yeah, but those are for depression. Heavily recommend everybody. Um, those are for depression. But yeah. Um, you think there'll come a day where the my, my therapist would be like, shrooms? Maybe. It's always Lexapro, Prozac, it's never. Have you tried microdose? I think my therapist is happy I'm on them. That's good. So, I gotta try. Now, do you ever regular dose? Oh, like, no. You never. No. Okay, interesting. I don't like that feeling of not being in control. I also have OCD. I like have clinical OCD, and I don't like how that feels. The feeling, I don't. I don't like it. I've had it happen before. Um, kind of like you know that feeling where we were saying that you took Xanax and you drank and like you couldn't control. You're about to pass out. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You might not wake up. I don't like that feeling. Sure. 
It's happened to me a couple of times. And so when you get too high, that feeling kind of happens and it's very triggering. How does your OCD express itself? I have obsessive intrusive thoughts. Me too. I have pure O OCD. I don't have the compulsions really. Although I did tweet that I had a latte last night at 9 p.m. so I could clean. Because um, if things get too messy, I get even more depressed. I wish I had that part. I don't have the cleanly OCD, but obtrusive, obtrusive. Oh yeah, obtrusive thoughts. Yeah, that's. I think I told my therapist once. I said a lot of times when like a stove is opened, I think about people being burned alive in the Holocaust. It is the thought that like comes to me. Mm. And it's not, it's, it, yeah, it's just like it flashes. And it's a flash. Yeah. It's not like I'm like, and I'm transported. But it's like, it just pops in my head every time. Yeah. Do you feel you can do something to, because mine will be when my eyes are closed. Like, sometimes. My eyes are closed. Something horrible will pop in. I can open my eyes. And it kind of, like, dissipates a little. Really? Yes. I'll try that. Yeah. I've had, I used to have, this went away. Sometimes things go away. And you're like, well, I guess that's good. I used to have whenever I put my hands up, for some reason, it's something about the exposed armpit. I thought like knives, someone would throw knives, like just fucked up thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the bed, a lot of under the bed stuff. I'm a stove checker for sure. Classic door locker checker. I will check that. My All my knobs mm. will eventually break because I do like <laughs> four or five checks every time I leave yeah. somewhere. Do so you, you have the compulsive part. Yeah. Oh, that I, is it. Yeah, I guess. But it's you don't have the cleanly. cleanly I don't have the cleanly. But the, I, yeah, I sometimes think it's like to. I feel personally to claim OCD. It's so mild. My OCD is so mild. Interesting. That my that my what therapist you described called it was not mild. Yeah, but it, you know what it is. I think it's like sometimes they, at least my therapist, would describe it as like, does it get in the way? Does it prevent you? From if I was running late to things, yeah, because I kept checking the doorknob, gotcha, then maybe I would own it more. Hmm. But like at most, if if I really gotta go, if I'm running late, if it's important, I can go like it's locked, it's locked, and I can go and it's fine. Yeah. Do you ever take medication for OCD? I don't think so. I'm I'm on Lamictal aside from taking shrooms. Um, I'm on Lamictal, which is a mood stabilizer, which is the only thing I've taken all of the things. Uh, is the only thing that I really like. It had the the smallest amount of side effects for me personally. I know a lot of writers are on it. It turns out like I would talk about it, and, um, and like more people from our community be like, "Oh yeah, I'm on Lamictal," and I'm like, "Oh okay, so everybody's just when did you all discover this? Were you gonna tell me about it?" I didn't. I've never even heard of Lamictal. It's a mood stabil stabilizer. Yeah, it's technically an anti seizure medication, I think. But you know, they discover things where they're like, "Oh, also it makes you feel better." Well, that's that's when I was checking on antidepressants. I I think that's where I lost confidence in the whole system where I went to see who prescribes the actual stuff. Psychologist, a psychiatrist, psychiatrist. And it was an older man. And he was like explaining to me is like, well, this sometimes it does this. And sometimes the cloud feels lifted. And I'm like, am I in an English class? It feels like it's just metaphors. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes weight gain, sometimes no weight gain, sometimes erectile dysfunction. And I just felt like, it felt so random and I felt very, I feel very impatient. Like I'm not, I, I felt like the idea of like, let's take it for six weeks and see Hate it. was like, no. Yeah. And for me, if I'm being 
at the time I was more of an actor, and so I was I, was, I had this fear that it would neutralize my emotions and I would be like a robot on set. Yeah. Uh, but now maybe in in waking, I think I would really be like this mm. really upset if I felt like anything was was making me gain weight. Yeah. I would be I would be like take take me off this immediately. Yeah, I've tried a bunch of different things and I had the same thing happen. To be honest, they also do that to us with birth control. I've heard which I've heard sucks. the birth control. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah, which sucks. It's such a horrible thing to be messing with your hormones or like all of a sudden your insurance doesn't cover it anymore and they put you on this other one and they act like they're all the same and they act like it and they're not. And I remember once I like spoke out about it and everybody said I was like anti birth control and I was like, what the? They thought you like, were like. They were thought I was like pro life or some shit. I'm like, no, I'm just saying like maybe use a condom or something. And that's what I do. Like I'm not on birth control anymore because because it fucked, I tried so many different things. Yeah. And um, and also because I have health issues. My, I'm not even gonna go into it because people aren't gonna write me on this. They're gonna take it the wrong way. Um, I'm very pro whatever the fuck you need to do, uh, but just know it was severely affecting my depression and people will be like, well, try this instead. And like, it just doesn't for my, my body physically like rejects things. That's why I will never have implants um, because of my autoimmune uh, condition. And so, uh, I don't know what was I saying. <laughs> now was was IUD ever on the table? Because that's right, right, right. my girlfriend. Yeah. I I never. For a second, I was so scared. So I know so little. Sometimes I fuck up the words. I thought I like said like uh, uh, IED. IED. Yeah. So the 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 IUD. I I just my my girlfriend sent me some kind of TikTok that like showed on you know some uh -huh. something what it is, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or there's like TikTok videos where it's like someone is they're taking a video of themselves as they're getting it and you just see that they are in excruciating no. Yeah, it's not for me, pain. but you know, do you. Um, I'm gonna keep doing my methods. Uh, never you, you been pregnant, a, so. <laughs> you get a lot of people mad at you about medical stuff? I mean, medicine is so, you just, we saw from the vaccine, it's so imprecise, and then when you throw that into social media, you're gonna get. Some I just chaos. can't speak up on it. I'm just not going to. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a nightmare. But I will say that I, at least with my Hashimoto's, successfully put it in remission. Some of my doctors said I never would, and I fucking did it. So um, there were a lot of different things that I did. I actually have a chronic illness group for women in the industry. There's like over 150 of. 150 of us I almost said 150,000 over 150 of us in there after this podcast let me tell you this is gonna it blow is, up I want to tell people the reason why it's not open it's very private is because we're talking about our literal medical shit people are talking about like their uterus and stuff in there and so but I needed a safe place for people to because I was speaking about it publicly and then it was affecting my employment which is shitty and horrible. You heard but, like someone said. Yeah, no, literally one of, I was hosting at Comic-Con. One of the companies I was hosting with said, are you sure you're even going to be able to do this? And I was like, oh, you guys, like this could be affecting my auditions. This could sure. be affecting my people hiring me. Um, and you've only known me for a little bit, but I'm, I've worked everywhere. Like yeah. I'm pretty, I hustle really everyone would tell you that works with me i'm like one of the hardest working people that they know and it really sucks the ableism that i'm not able to like speak more openly about chronic illness without people thinking that it, you know yeah. i can't uh be a part of this business but uh i was just in forbes baby so <laughs> congratulations that, that's that's why we reached out to you so quickly we saw you in forbes we said we got to get her on here before before it's impossible 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, can do you, do you mind if we talk about the th- was it in college the stuff with the the thing that ended up being the the pilot that you wrote? 1%. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what that what was that based on? What what happened? Okay, yeah, that was after college. I had gotten married to someone that I met in Texas. We were young. We met when we were teenagers, um, and that, I mean, that's just kind of what you did when you graduated. You was so funny when I was in Arkansas. I was taking an Uber. And this is where everything feels I'm in a different world. Yeah. And they he asked me, you know, is, is did your wife come down with you? And I go, oh, I, I have a girlfriend. And he goes, his phrase was, how long have you been interviewing her for? And I was like, that's that's wild. That's just everything is within this framework yeah. of it's to conclude mm-hmm. in, a, in a wife with children. And and I, I just I. I maybe had heard that in a movie maybe, but when he said it, I was like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's how you view it. Yes. Yeah. And so when I graduated from UT, everybody graduation night was getting engaged. It was just like, what? They're like proposing at the, yes. At the ceremony. They have like, we have our big tower and there's all the fireworks and it's a big deal. And like, you know, you combine moments like that. That's like, that's like wanting a birthday on Christmas. Separate it out. Be special two days a year. No, a lot of my friends got uh, that I was in college with got engaged, except me. I didn't. <laughs> and so I ended up, uh, I was actually working in cardiac rehab. That's what I got my degree in. And so I was do. I was working at a hospital and all the little old ladies would be like, "What did? what's wrong with your boyfriend? Does he not want to get married? Does he, oh. you know, and I'm like fucking, I don't know, like 21, 22. Um, and so I'd come home and be like, yeah, what, yeah, why, (laughs) you know? Oh my God. And so he ended up proposing, I don't know, like maybe six months later. And did he um, do it romantically or was it one of those? Why? And he said, fine, will you marry me? (laughs) He did do it romantically, but I think there was a level of like, let's just say we didn't work out. I'm not still married. So it shouldn't have happened apparently, but we, we were in love and at the time and I don't know, we just ended up wanting different very different things having different lives and um so anyways one percent i was going through a divorce that yeah. was after that he good was divorce uh, the be- as good as it can i don't be? know it was who it was who it was, he i thought i was gonna be with him forever we yeah. were the couple that dated all throughout college and you know that couple it's like they're at every party together they're the couple when when you're going through a breakup you turn to that couple like of course of course we were the couple that was mm-hmm. always together and my friends were always like I don't know, unsuccessful relationships, dating around, dating dickheads. I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm with this like king over here. Um, and he still is. He is like he's he's a good guy. We just got married too young and not meant to be together. Um, uh, but anyways, I was going through a divorce and I just felt like my whole life was falling apart. Yeah. I was also working at we had moved. Uh, so I was working at a call center. I wasn't even working at a hospital. What anymore. kind of call center? It was Oppenheimer, uh, which is a financial investment company. And so I was just dealing with rich people. 
screaming at me. What were they mad? Like you you misinvested my thing or the stock? Yeah, which I down? had no control over. Sure. Uh, they would want to know about their stocks. They would want to know how much money they had. And then they would quickly, if the market was changing, want to move stuff over. And yeah. we have, there's limits limitations for to protect us to protect them and if i couldn't move it over fast enough they would freak out uh and i would literally get calls from like hawaii like rich people that i bought up land in hawaii and they're on a different time zone and they're literally calling me and i'm like you i cannot be i cannot imagine being so miserable you yeah. have so much money i can look at your account right now and you sound absolutely miserable that is funny to know their net worth and be like Sir, do you know what I'm getting paid yes. to deal with this shit yes. right now? Like $12 an hour. Um, and so I I would cry like in the bathroom stall, like on my break. I would cry like in my car. Uh -huh. And um, so I ended up having an attempt, a suicide attempt. Um, and that's how I wrote. And then I had to I had to. Do you check mind if it. I ask how you attempted? I feel like we're not supposed to talk about really? that. Really? But I'm I'm open to it. I've been open about it. But I've heard in the mental health community that you're really not supposed to tell people how I could put a, because it we gives could say them, trigger warning because right it gives now. them like ideas, which, by the way, was not successful. So don't do it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it seems like that's wish to me. That's let's wishful just say thinking. let's just say women um, historically have less violent ways that they uh -huh. have attempts. And so that's also, I think, like why we survive more sure. of our attempts <laughs> uh so um anyways i woke up in the hospital my husband when was, you woke up were you were you like ah damn it i don't even know what i was thinking i was very out of it um i had no shoes <laughs> i had no and they don't give you any they don't give you any and i, I was wearing because they don't want you to leave maybe I don't know. I mean, I left with no shoes. My husband was there like sitting across from me in a chair. And I remember seeing, I just remember the look on his face, which was just the utmost sad, sadness. Like it, like nothing about our divorce mattered anymore. It was just like, I can't believe that this happened, you know, like just a, a pure yeah. look of. Did you feel shame? I felt shame in telling my family. And I later felt shame in coming out about it. Now I've been pretty vocal that I feel everybody knows I've had I've had an attempt that was not my first attempt. Unfortunately, I had one in middle school from the bullying. Really? Yeah. So I so grew up. For two. Look at that. <laughs> I can't 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 do anything right, including that. Um, no, God was like, uh, "Gosh darn it! We said you you need to be here." Um, Anyway, so he was sitting across from me very sad. And I think he was like, we have to get that. That was a breaking point. Right. I couldn't I couldn't do my job anymore. I had to leave. And I remember telling them, too, because they were like, no, you're so good. <laughs> they were like going to promote me at the call center to like manager. I remember. Wow. Yeah. And I remember I was good at all my jobs, all my all odd jobs. I'm very type A and I like doing well. I like getting the gold star. And uh, I was like, look, I've tried to take my own life. I cannot be here. Um, and so I went to Texas. I went back to Texas. I stayed with some friends for the summer and just was in therapy, worked on myself. I later ended up getting to go to um, IOP, which is outpatient. So I was not inpatient. 
that's when you uh, the, the hospital released me essentially so uh-huh. I didn't have to stay especially I believe because my husband was there but I didn't have to stay for like a week typically you have to stay an inpatient you're staying in the hospital to get help yeah I was released and then I later did um, I mean I did a ton of therapy but the divorce I, is going on throughout this whole yeah thing we were very much like let's not take anything like if you want something you have it if not like we we didn't go through the courts or anything we signed that we both didn't want anything and that made it really easy that we could just be like oh the couch yours this yours you know um there was no there was no fighting it was all no not after that um and i moved here because i was like why don't this is the perfect time to pursue comedy (laughs) i mean and you know why Roy Wood Jr., who uh-huh. I who I sold that show with, uh, who we now have the same manager. He's one of my best friends. Him and a couple of other comics uh, before I even moved here said, "Like you're funny, you should do this." How did Be- you know him? Uh, I had developed at the time. I had uh, back when I was at UT. I had developed a following. I on Twitter, and I would put like dumb sketches, and I would put my dumb jokes on there, and a lot of people resonated with it. Several people checked in on me. Several comics were like, "Are you? This is really funny, but are you okay?" Which I wasn't. And did you think of yourself as a comedian, or were you no. just like, "I'm just fucking around online"? Yes, I was just like, "No, I'm depressed." And yeah. where do you go when you're depressed? Twitter. And so I made a lot of depression jokes, a lot of depression jokes, a lot of divorce jokes, like a lot of stuff. And so a lot of them started following me. I ended up meeting Roy uh, at Denver Comedy Works because that that's uh, where I lived after Texas. My ex and I moved to, that's where I was at the call center in Denver. Mm-hmm. And long story short, he was just like, no, you're funny, funny's funny, and you're funny. And um, I was like, I have to do, I ended up talking to a television writer because I always wanted to be a writer since I was younger. Uh, in fact, I applied to the journalism school at UT and didn't get in uh, or else I would be on a different track. But like I wanted to write, uh, whether it was comedy, whether it was fiction or nonfiction. Like I just always been writing since I was young. I was actually published uh, in a teen magazine when I was in high school. Yeah. So long story short, I've done a lot of different jobs and um, that's why I moved here. I moved here because they were like, you're young enough that you'll regret it if you never do it. And I was, and I was super poor. I was coming off of a suicide attempt, uh, not a mere six months before. And, um, and I got a job at the Ice House Comedy Club being a hostess. I was, I was a hostess there. And it's hard. I think it's hard for me to imagine being suicidal and starting comedy. It's that, so, how many people have that that journey though? There has I, to I be see, a like, lot getting of getting into our comedy friends. and then getting suicidal and then leaving comedy. I feel like a lot of our friends have probably been suicidal and done stand up. Now, now that I'm on the road, this first year I've been on the road, and I'm like, man, it's hard. It is emotionally yeah. very hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is lonely. It is dark. It is. You're in Arkansas. And your show is canceled because of Walmart. Yes. And there, you you all you you left stand up. I did. Mm-hmm. Was that a hard decision? No, not at all. Did you, was it a hard? Did you go like you know what? No more. I was treading water, and I still see a lot of people treading water. And it was just like I moved here to write TV. What am I doing? You know. And now I have also transitioned to acting. But I was like, what are I can't do all of the things because I'm not moving ahead. 
Um, and I love the years that I had stand up because it helped tremendously in my writer's room. It helped with all the hosting. I've hosted for like every channel ever and having a stand up background does help. But I don't miss those hours. Like when I was dating the comic I was dating, I'd be going to sleep at 11 and he would be showering to go out. And yeah. I'm like, that's miserable. I don't want I want to be in bed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> now, I know. Talk to me because because, you know, you, you host and I. I don't host like that, but I know yeah. that hosting is it's in my it's something I do here and there and I'm sure it will be more a part of my life. I'm a depressed person, you're a depressed person. Sure. What do you think cuz the hosting we have to bring a certain degree of mm-hmm. cheer and energy and yeah. uh, charisma to it. Do you think why it, it shouldn't make sense on its face it shouldn't make sense that if you're sad or you're depressed that you go out there and you like put forward this thing yeah. you're you're positive you're you're front facing positive yeah i'm very front facing joking negative mm-hmm. and i guess it's just interesting cuz sometimes i see positivity and i go especially in show business i go bullshit i there's something in me and this is me as a cynical person i right. go no you're yeah. depressed no you're sad this is inside. I don't comment. Yeah. I'm not one of the people replying like. <laughs> you're not one uh, of my trolls. <laughs> wow, you're smiling in this picture. You Do you have... feel sad ever though? Do you forget you're gonna somebody, die someday? Somebody <laughs> did that to my middle school picture. I'm not what even they kidding. Do? When I had shared that I had an attempt, and I shared one of my photos, I had a rough childhood, and I shared one of my photos, and they're like, "Well, you look happy here." I'm like, sir, if I could That's murder so funny. you, I would go to jail right now. Uh, I deal with that all the time. Here's the thing. It's not helpful. It's not helpful to be negative. Anyway, that doesn't help me. And I think a lot of people have started to follow me because I made this massive transition where I have done, I am not kidding you, so much healing work. I've done all of the things. I've done EMDR. I've done brain spotting. Say, I've done say, say, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. It's okay. a huge, it's big in the trauma community. It's very difficult. It basically desensitizes you to your worst memories. That's mm-hmm. its job. Um, very hard, but life-changing for a lot of people. Brain spotting, very similar. It's adjacent to EMDR. I've done TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. That's where they stimulate the understimulated areas of your brain. Heavily recommend this uh, because you're not diving into your worst <laughs> your worst nightmares. Um, what else have I done? I've done hyperbaric oxygen tank. This is where all my money goes. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, you work, you, I work, you know, I'm in all these writer's rooms, uh, 24-7 writing scripts. That's where all my money goes is to my mental health. Any of it? Do any of it you do and go, oh, that was a scam? No, but not all of it is for me. A lot of the medicines that you listed d- weren't helpful to me. Sure. I think some doctors are, let's say they're doing their best. I'll give them that possibly because I had the same thing where they were like, well, let's put you back on Wellbutrin. I'm like, but I d- I've done it twice. I don't like it. If it works for you, great. It doesn't work for me. I don't like it. And they were like, well, we just can't think of anything else to give you. And I'm like, are you serious? I can think of other things to give me. Yeah. I can think of other things. There's Google. Um, so that's definitely happened to me. And I was like on shrooms and they were like, well, we can't, uh, we can't support that. And I'm like, well, good thing that I'm on them. Cause you're doing the bare minimum. 
Um, is shrooms legal in? They're illicit. Gen- no. Nowhere. I don't think. Maybe I there was one state that made Portland it legal or something. <laughs> that, it was something like that. Exactly. Yeah, probably. They should be. They'll. They'll hopefully eventually. Um, they really are life changing for a lot of people. There's tons of documentaries and stuff, and I am a big believer in them. But yeah, I've done all of the things aside yeah. from all the talk therapy, CBT, DBT. Checked into an outpatient program for six weeks where they taught us coping skills to not be suicidal basically everyone in there was suicidal it was you had to be actively in crisis in order to get your insurance to cover it you had to like write a letter being like your doctor did i barely finished this letter (laughs) how do you prove you're in crisis you don't have time to do the paperwork you had to be in crisis it was a very it was a great bonding experience being i mean like so anyways you were asking about one percent happy that's what i wrote it about I wrote it about a bonding experience. I wrote it about a girl who woke up from a suicide attempt that she never thought she would. Um, uh-huh. And what happens when you get the second chance, you know? And uh, as someone who's never, I sometimes, I, I sometimes go, are you really depressed here, Marco? You've never tried to kill yourself. There's some degree of like, sometimes I, 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 this is obviously delicate subject matter, yeah, but yeah. but there is a degree of like I go. I get scared of someday being suicidal. Mm-hmm. But I think if I'm in my heart of heart, my fear of death. I don't know if it's I've never been suicidal, but my fear of death, or or like there is a hard wall, that it's gonna take. It would take a lot to penetrate it. It's a fear of death. Okay. And it's like, and so sometimes I wonder, it's like, oh, is my depression less than I might think it is? Or some people feel severe depression, but don't, it doesn't translate yeah. into suicide, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. Yeah. I just like, I, I, I've never truly felt in my heart that I'm suicidal, but I think it's because my fear of death and my desire to still live forever, despite being very depressed is so strong yeah so unflinching that's like a suicide a survivor like you know your body's uh fighting like that's that's a natural human yeah and that's why a lot of people that are suicidal or depressed when something happens like say me i accidentally take a xanax and a drink like all of that i call poison control immediately exactly because your body actually has a reaction of like oh crap like uh, no, actually, I need to live. It's like you're you're um, instinctually trying to keep yourself alive. Yeah. But I'm not suicidal anymore, I want to say. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, just the sheer amount. Of, my therapist, and I've had a lot of different therapists. My therapist is like, you could basically therapize yourself at this point. And I did. I took a break from her for like six months uh because i was like i don't want to talk about the same stuff anymore sometimes you just need a break yeah yeah sometimes it's a loop it's a it's a a repetition but going back to my need to be positive i have to i just have to Uh i have to be in a different mindset i can't be that old danny she doesn't even exist anymore she's she's done too much healing work she's done too many things to to go back there so i definitely have rough days i have days where i'm really bitter i used to be really bitter about the amount of therapy i had to do because of other people like because of how much i was bullied to the point that i yeah, yeah, yeah. C- that i try to kill myself as a kid that's fucked up yeah that's my whenever you hear a kid kills himself you go that's, that's one where where i understand <laughs> as you get older 
you're there is part of me where I'm like, oh, I see. Oh, I see how someone could get to a place that go, you know what? I'm out of here. Yeah. But when a kid does, you're like, God damn. Yeah. Because it takes it just takes like a new thought. I, I don't think when I was a kid, I even conceptualize the idea that I could possibly even do that. So, yeah. Um, and then my I had really abusive family members. Um and that was really, really hard. I think that affects, you know, that's something we learned in therapy with attachment theory. So you're, you build basically how you go through life, the rest of your life with your relationships is built the first five years of your life. And it was so funny in my group therapy, they gave us a pamphlet on it. It basically said like, this is impossible to change. And we're like, oh, cool. Good to know yeah. um, your attachment style. Um, not you can but it takes a lot of work and so the ways that I was spoken to as a child the things that were said about me all the way through adulthood really messed with my head and so um I've had to do a lot of work to undo that that's also why when people see that follow me I post like thirst traps I post like that a lot of people are like I wish I had half the confidence Danny has I get those comments all the time Uh and it's because of how much I was called basically like a piece of shit and ugly and chubby and bought like all the horrible things sometimes by my own family that I'm like I got to a point where I'm old enough where I'm like fuck y'all I'm going to post whatever the hell I want I'm not getting any younger yeah. and one day when I'm 80 I hope I'm still posting thirst traps when I'm 80 but one day when I'm 80 uh, I will look <laughs> back your grandkids will be like I will look oh my God. <laughs> the fuck I'll, I'll look back and be like yes thank you my tits looked great my ass looked great thank you um so I do I do big up myself a lot a lot can I you, have to. Can you enjoy the movie Shrek, or is it ruined for you? I do. You do enjoy Shrek. I do. I don't even. I don't even think about it. I don't even put it in relation to me. But sure. when I think of middle school, I think of that Shrek. Yeah. And being called that. Now group therapy. I've I, I've never done group therapy. I think it would be hard. I'm I'm. I I'm doing a, a couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a different dynamic because in my therapist I'm kind of very I push myself to be as honest as I possibly can including lots of thoughts that are mean yeah and then like you introduce more people there and you're like well now there's you know I I just feel like I would suddenly be uh, uh censoring myself in a way where I'm like is this counterintuitive therapy do you like group did you like the group therapy I loved it I mean there was a lot of drama I think people think it's just like you're passing around Kleenex and like crying and that's not it people would get in fights uh, which I found fascinating. Um, Did you ever ever s- swing hands? I no, but I got really mad because we had. I actually don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about this. Well, it's anonymous, but yeah. um, so no one will know. But we had a girl that was really religious, and people were really hard on her, and I thought that was really shitty. I'm not religious, but like, I think that's really shitty. And I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be hard, but I remember. So, like, basically, what I'm saying is, she thought she was a sinner for all the things she was doing, and that fucked sure. with her head. Sure. And so she would feel suicidal about a lot of the sins, and to all of us, we're like, we're out here, like, you're, you know, whatever, like, sleeping around, doing the, doing drugs, like, whatever. And so everybody would give her a hard time, and I'm like, but in her head, y'all, you're not helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, um, 
Yeah, if you got bullied at group therapy, that would be, that'd be <laughs> I know. I was like, this is a safe space. <laughs> Clearly, to her, it's important. I don't care that the rest of us aren't religious and we're all going to hell or whatever. Like, like you know. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think if you did it, you would find that you related to a lot of people. And that would, that's what felt good. Yeah. Was people saying something. You're like, yes, exactly. Thank you. You know, it was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, now, before we go to our final segment, I did want to, because the one downside I want to talk with, you deal with a lot of, you know, you do the comic cons and you do kind of the nerd culture and kind of the downsides of uh, fandom. Yeah. And particularly, I know I'm not in the Star Wars world at all. I'm not in it at all. Even when I was a kid, I don't know why I never connected to space. Honestly, I think space makes me feel existential in a way that makes me uncomfortable i don't like looking at the stars i all i think is <laughs> all i think is the universe is expanding and and it's all nothingness out there and it's very it makes me very sad what's your sign now i have to say up front i have to say up front because i required i i don't i deeply don't believe in astrology clearly clearly we I, can tell now now i'm gonna say it and the, the leo i'm born in august mm. and yes i uh, i do the things so Star Wars. Okay. You you see these fandoms like the toxicity yeah. of them. And what do you think the I was I was interested because I saw your tweets. Well, so right now there's there's a Moses. new cast member. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's her name? Moses. Moses. Ingram. Uh-huh. And she's getting all sorts of uh I mean, Star Wars has been a notoriously racist fan base. Is that is that a fair assessment to say? No, I would say that it's a vocal minority. I think that's in every fandom. I think it's a vocal minority. So they just seem really loud, but they don't actually make up. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like the series, at least the first three movies, uh, was uh, striking in its lack of diversity despite being intergalactic. Yeah, the I first mean, three. Yeah, the, the, it was just uh, I don't, I don't want to make excuses for them at yeah. all. I just, uh, sorry, I was looking up something. Um, I don't want to make excuses for them at all. Um, but... You know, I'm excited for the future of Star Wars. It's very di one. I was just literally on a panel about Latinos in space because uh, we're I don't know if you saw that Vanity Fair cover, but we're like all over it. We have Pedro Pascal, Rosario Dawson, Diego Luna. We have Oscar Isaac. Um, we have we're in there. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about it. But no, to answer your question, I think all fandoms have a certain toxic, unfortunately, side. But I really think that when I was at Star Wars Celebration, there were so many good people, like so many people that showed up that were cheering on my friends. My friend Christina Ariel, she's a she's a host for them now. And they were like cheering her on. Um, they were cheering on Kelly Marie Tran. There were so many cosplayers that dressed up like Kelly. And so for her, her character Rose. So. I do think it's moving in a good direction. I just think just like it is with comedy, you focus on the negative, even though the whole room is laughing, even though there's all these great people, you see the one person in front who's being a cunt and you focus on that. And so I'm not saying not. Do you think the property owners yeah. do enough to protect their diverse stars who in some of these and if you, you know, you work with a lot of these companies, so I certainly yeah. don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position, but like, could, could more be done from the powers that be to protect their stars, knowing that when they make a, when they diversify or they, yeah. they cast it, they know that if they cast a lead of a new Star Wars thing and that person is not 
a white dude. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some kind of pushback from a minority of the community and they're going to harass online Mm -hmm. and they're going to like, could more be done? I'm sure more could be done. I do like the fact that they've been, they, they spoke up for my friend, Christina. They spoke up for Moses. You know, uh, we also got to Ewan McGregor himself, like wrote a thing that was basically like, you're not a star Wars fan, which I agree with. Uh If you, cause that's the whole thing about a lot of these fandoms. It's like, how can you call yourself a fan when you don't even follow the own morals of your, Sure. Unity. Sure. Sure. Like I was saying, like, you know, even with uh, I'm in D.C. now, which I love, gotten a lot of love uh, being in the D.C. family. But I'm like, if you're saying if you're like telling me, like, go back to your country, like, are you a fan of Superman? Because, you know, like not only is that not his morals, he's also literally an immigrant. Um, but like, are you paying attention? Whose side were you on in Star Wars? Um, And so. Yes, of course. I, I think I think there can always be more. I think that uh, hopefully now that we know that this is taking place, my biggest thing is like these communities. A lot of these discords, a lot of these YouTube channels, allow that to fester. You know, I imagine yeah. that someone hopefully on like the Star Wars side or whatever has mods that are deleting the comments, blocking people. But there are a lot of other channels and stuff that don't. And so I think that's what needs to happen is I need other fans, especially if you look a certain way, uh, you know, you relate to maybe straight white people more than the rest of us do. You need to tell people, hey, we're not going to put up with that. You need to get them out of your community. You need to be blocking them. Like, don't put it on on the actors to be doing that. Yeah. You need to make them feel uncomfortable. No, no racist should feel comfortable in Star Wars. Star Wars it's fandom. so wild that it's put on the actors. It's just such a misunderstanding. One of my favorites was, I think, Taylor Swift got mad about some line in some Netflix show. Like someone said, like, you date more guys than Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift did something about, like, how could you do this on International Women's Month? And people went after the actor who said the line! Oh, the actor who said the line! Yeah, that's rough. And I'm like, this poor actor! And I just, yeah. you know, I would hope Netflix would send a whole crew to her house and protect it and take care of everything. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just horrible. Um, great. <laughs> we got negative. I think we did. I think we got there a little. And now, uh, let's go. We normally have music cues. I, I, you know, it's not the home studio. But now this is, this has got to stop. Okay. This has got to stop. Danny, something has got to stop. Hashtag funeral. I'm not kidding. Funeral selfies. Funeral um, selfies. I'm... I'm just as confused as you are. Uh, But yeah, if you look up, that's a real thing. If you go on Instagram and look up hashtag funeral, there are uh, people posting uh, their fits, their funeral fits. Now, is (laughs) the body in the background? Sometimes it is, yes. The casket, yeah. I'm trying to think, well, first of all, I, I don't think I'd have, for a loved one at least, I wouldn't have a viewing. I don't need to, I don't know. Do do you want to see your loved one one final Probably time not. as a as a corpse like there? It's a there? weird closure thing sometimes psychologically that people need. My girlfriend and I got in a fight once because I I said if I died, would you like, uh, like kiss my cheek or something or like pet my head? And she was like she was like no I'd be like ugh and it really something in Aww. me it made me feel really yeah. abandoned. Yeah, it makes sense though. I mean, yeah. I can barely touch a dead mouse, and you're like, this is a whole dead person. Yeah, but in my mind, there's always like the goodbye, sweet prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, funeral selfies are weird. 
it's it's I will always remember I had an older friend and she posted on Instagram her friend had died and she took a picture in the hospital room. He was dead. Oof. And like you. But and like this was not unlike some like, you know, showing off their fit. Like she meant this sincerely, which made it maybe even worse where she was like, you know, goodbye. She did. She did hashtag R.I.P. Bury my friend like that's going to trend. And. When you see, are these like L.A. funeral people showing off their looks? It's not just L.A., but they definitely find their way over to like Twitter and stuff. I feel people end up like dragging them. So I just want to give you a heads up. Like, don't do it. I guess they're with their friends. Maybe they haven't seen their friends in a long time. Sometimes it's grandma. A Uh -uh. A lot of times it's grandma or something like R.I.P. grandma. And it'll be like their. But that is a thing. Would you would you have maybe not for Instagram, but do you think you take pictures at the funeral? That's so weird to me. I don't know. Um, one thing that I do know is when I die, I want my friends posting the hottest photos of me. And if they don't, I'll be, I will hex them from the other side. They know too. I know Jay would want that. I know of Jay Jordan, sure, our friend sure. Jay Jordan. Like you better be posting. It's like your birthday, you know? Sometimes some of my friends for my birthday, they'll post photos where they look good and I don't. I'm like, I'm not retweeting this. How dare how, they? How, yeah, how dare you? But I know, I know the ones that my friends think are hot because you can tell because they like posted it or they'll post it multiple times. I'm like, all right, let me boost. What this. if it's too sexy? I think I, I could see going like, well, this is this is too sexy. The person just died. They'd be like, look at Danny's cheeks. OK, that's the caption too. <laughs> hashtag Danny, Danny, my friend. R.I.P. Um, that's a good one. That's Thank a good you. one. So please stop taking pictures of funerals. Um, and now we move on to our final segment. Uh, 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 oh my god I normally have the music I forget the title It's Blessing Okay We say a blessing I have a blessing And I like to do this When I have a good weekend uh, 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 Shauna Blake My opener In Arkansas uh, Sorry the Thursday show Got cancelled I couldn't compete With Christina Aguilera But Shauna uh, Had a car She took me some places We went to the Walmart Museum together Wow and uh, uh, she lives in uh, near Tulsa. So book her, please. Love it. Great comedian. That's very nice. good opener. And I hope to work with her again. So that's wow. my blessing. Okay. And I'm in L.A. My mom's here. Always goes out to my mom for letting Aww. me stay with her and her boyfriend. I love that. Um, do you have a blessing? My blessing, this might sound cliche or I don't know, but like all the people who follow me really help me a lot. Like... They support my work, which I need. They retweet my every time I want to delete Twitter. It's like okay, but I have this comic coming out, and they've shared it. People show up for me. People you just had a up. comic come out. What was it called? What day is this? Uh oh, it's gonna be in a little bit. Okay, well I did have a comic come out. Uh, DC Pride 2022. I wrote a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy story, which you can still get uh, in comic book stores. But um. My Star Wars panel, people showed up for it. Like, people are showing up, and I notice. People have showed up for me, and some people have been following me for years. And so, you know, they really look out for me, and I appreciate that. I appreciate people who take the time to follow me and my work and share it. Is it ever anxiety-inducing? I just did uh, Bray Improv, Mm. and I think it sold about 93. And I was backstage, and it was the first time in a while where I was just like, Jesus these people gave their Sunday for me. And I was like, I was looking at some new jokes I wanted to work on. I think that was also part of it where I'm like, 
this one's probably not going to work. This is going to be a 10 rough minutes. And I'm like, oh, they gave me their Sunday. Mm-hmm. It can be it, it can be overwhelming to see people to feel like, oh, I need to. I need to uh, make them feel like their love was worth it. I need to live up to their expectations. Yeah. And I could see how that could be exhausting. Yeah. But I do feel like I give back a lot. Uh huh. Um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly on panels talking about how I broke in. Um, I, uh, as you know, from following me, feel like I'm constantly tweeting out positive things to try to like get our community to get back up. Cause I feel we're just constantly down. We're just constantly bombarded with horrible things at all times. And so a lot of times when I tweet, honestly, every time I tweet something positive, it's something that I personally needed to hear. But a lot of times people will be like, how did you know this is like exactly what I needed to hear? Or like, I'm crying in my room and this was like the sign I needed um, to hang in there. And so I do try to give back quite a bit. Um, well, good. That was lovely. I, was, I, I realized even as you're saying your blessing, I was, I was like trying to challenge your blessing. And that, that's a horrible, horrible. I, I, the, and the, the, the comic was well received. Yes. Did, it's gotten a lot of good reviews. I'm really excited. I'm really glad. I'm really glad people love it. Is it a, is, is comic books, is it like a, a gay friendly space? Like Jay mm-hmm. loves X-Men. And Jay posts shit, all the X-Men fucking each other are just very homoerotic. And I'm like, wow, there's a, I didn't know this was part of the DC world. Well, that's Marvel, but, um, (laughs) oh boy, here we go. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, DC, uh, canonically, I mean, Wonder Woman canonically queer, uh, she's from an island of women they're not all virgins can tell you that yeah um and then uh harley quinn poison ivy like they're literally fucking each other on hbo max so you can see them do it when Um, when when they make a movie where instead of batman versus superman batman loves superman when they make that that's when we're in please rate him not me please (laughs) 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 oh no i'm gonna get doxxed um okay so this is coming out june 28th is there anything you want to plug uh no yeah just get uh follow me on my socials at ms danny fernandez m-s-d-a-n-i-f-e-r-n-a-n-d-e-z um know that mental health is a journey i do not have all the answers i do not speak for literally anyone but myself um so if you're like this thing really helped helped me i'm glad uh because find what works for you and know that it's a process um i have all the answers and life is a nightmare and it all <laughs> being upset makes a lot of sense to me Hilarious. i will be in nashville july 1st uh july 9th i'll be headlining bonkers in orlando uh july 14th through 16th i will be in denver colorado and july 22nd 23rd i'm in toronto for the first time performing in canada please come out to that um, I always like to end this on some kind of negative way. Wow. Uh, if you're reading comic books, grow the fuck up. Wow. This is the downside. One, two, three. Wow. Downside. Downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With John Marco Cerezi.